Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of The Happy Hour. I am Jamie, and I'm your host, and we are here. We are in September midweek, uh, and today's show is going to get you through this month. All I have to say is if you feel like, man, life feels hard right now. Man, I feel like I just keep getting beat down. Man, I just feel like things just keep coming and coming and coming. Today's show is going to encourage you like nothing else. My guest is Jonathan Evans, and he released a book just yesterday, actually, called Fighting Your Battles, Every Christian's Playbook for Victory. And um, Jonathan is part of the Evans family. And I say that because if you wonder, have you had Priscilla on, or have you had Dr. Tony Evans on, or have you had Priscilla on? Yes. And we'll link all of their shows in Jonathan's show notes, which you can find easily by going to jamieivy.com slash HH519 today's episode 519. Jonathan and I have such a great conversation today, literally about the battle that our life is. And battle feels like a big word. It feels kind of hard. In fact, I asked him, why did you use that word? What does that mean? Why is it important for us to think about life and the Christian faith being a battle? Jonathan is a chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys right now, but he didn't always have the dream of being a chaplain. He had a dream actually playing in the NFL. And he tells his story, and although I'm guessing a lot of us that are listening are not playing for the NFL or have that dream, it still is such a good reminder of so many times there's dreams that we have in us that God kind of moves around to get us exactly where he wants us to be. And then at the end, we talk about Peter, and I love Peter, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, and we see him in the New Testament. And Jonathan and I have a really great conversation about Peter's faith and what that means uh, for us today and how we can have that faith as well. One of the things I kept thinking about while I was talking to Jonathan is this concept that I write about in one of my books where I say that your success is actually your faithfulness, that the measure of success is constantly changing in the world, um, but we can measure our faithfulness to God and we can be faithful to what he's asked us to do. And I just kept thinking about that when I was talking to Jonathan and we have two really cool shirts in our store that talk about faithfulness. There's one shirt that's a crop top for all you young girls that are hip and cool. Uh, it's called Chasing Faithfulness uh, Crop Top Tee. And it says on there, Chasing Faithfulness. And then we have this tank top that I love. In fact, this is weird, but I'm actually wearing it right now when I was talking to Jonathan. And it says, success equals faithfulness. And it's this reminder as we go through life that God is after our faithful heart. He's after us being faithful to what he's called us to do with what he's given us. Jonathan in the show today talks a lot about how everything we've been given to us, whether that's money or children or a spouse or a job or an education, everything has been given to us by God and it is his and we get to steward it to the best of our ability. We get to be faithful with what he's given us. And so I just want to give you a little discount code to those shirts in case that means something to you as well. You can use the code FAITH um, over at my store and you can get 20% off both of these shirts. So go to jamieivy.com slash store. Use the discount code FAITH, and you can get 20% off both of those shirts. Okay, last thing I want to tell you, because you're like, Jamie, just get me to the show. I know. You guys, we still have some tickets available for a holiday gift guide. Now, this is just the most fun thing, and I want everyone to be able to come. It is October 2nd in 
Round Rock, Texas, which is just north of Austin. So you're coming in from Dallas, Waco, Austin, it's close to all of us. Or you could fly in. Everyone wants to come visit Austin in October. It's October 2nd on a Sunday. It's called our Holiday Gift Guide Live. My co-hosts are Tony Collier and Candace Payne. It is going to be so much fun. We have a live podcast recording. Plus, it's holiday season. We showcase and talk about 13 different organizations that we think are important for you to spend your money on this holiday season. And if you're a guest at the show, all I'm saying without saying it is that you're going home with a lot of goodies. That's all I have to say. So if you want tickets, go to jamieivy.com slash events and you can find them right there. All right, you guys, I have talked enough and I want you to hear this conversation with Jonathan Evans and myself. You're going to love it. Here you go. Jonathan Evans, welcome to the happy hour. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, this is exciting for a couple of reasons. Um, first, I am working my way down the Evans family. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, it, it, it will be a beautiful day whenever everyone's here. But the second thing I think this is exciting is because I, I love football. And so I have to talk for just a small second with you. This show, when you're listening to this, people, it's September 7th, which means everyone's had one game under their belt. Okay? We're recording this before those games have happened. We can't predict the future. But I'll tell you this, Jonathan. I was watching College Game Day this past weekend, first time, and I live for Saturday morning College Game Day. It's so fun. I I get my coffee. I sit down. And they got to making predictions about the Big 12 championship okay? okay now you are a former baylor bear you played football there i did not go to the university of texas but i go to all the games and love them yeah. i want to tell you two out of four picked your bears to win the big 12. <laughs> well you know what that's good that's good they're, they're thinking correctly they're thinking correctly. are you thinking you guys are going to have that kind of year this year i do i think that we'll have a good year we've been building back and um, and we had a good year last year. It was our best year in our school's history, going to the Sugar Bowl and winning that game. And so we've got a lot of players returning. And whenever you have a lot of players returning who know how to win, that's that spells that's that's a good thing. That's a good season. You know, a little fun fact for you, Jonathan. Uh, my kids, we go to Dripping Springs School, and so we're my kids are at Dripping Springs High School, and our quarterback is coming to play with you guys next year. So I know. So we'll be cheering, cheering Austin on as he goes to be a bear next year. Um, So I I love talking football and here we are and you've played in the NFL and you now are a chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, and I already said the upfront that I've had like all the Evans family on, Um, but it really is um, a joy to have you on because I love all, all the work that you're doing in Dallas, all the work that you guys do through your church. I, um, sincerely adore your family and your sisters i've never met your brother but i'm sure he's awesome um and so welcome to the happy hour i'm just so glad to be here so glad to be checking in with you (laughs) jonathan you released a book yesterday into the world called fighting your battles every christian's playbook for victory and i got my hands on this book early and and got a hold of it and i think i just want to jump in because there is this kind of tension right now that we're feeling and it feels like a battle sometimes and and you use the word battle i mean it's it's on the cover it's in your title it is all throughout the book i want you to talk for just a second about why you chose the word battle to describe the christian life for some people who are listening they're like oh i know why i did because like i feel like a battle for other people they might be feeling that feels kind of scary jonathan like tell me why that word was important for you 
Well, I, I just think that it's important because any, you know, everybody wants victory, but victory means that there's something to overcome. That means that there's a battle somewhere. And I think that it's important to note that if we're a part of the Lord's army, if we're wearing the armor of God, that throughout God's word, he, he uses that battle motif. I mean, from the, from the ancient Kings, from David um, and all of the wars and the battles that they had to the armor of God uh, in the new Testament, there's a motif through the Bible of the kingdom and his servants, uh, the King and his servants going to battle. And in our life, that's the way life feels sometimes. It feels like that you're, you're having to battle through things, whether it's emotions, whether it's losses, losses um, whether it's just uh, trials and tribulations that are going on in your life and figuring out what the appropriate game plan is uh, to settle your heart, to make sure that you're stable uh, for what's coming at you. And so we just chose the word battle. Uh, you know, me and my wife actually too, you know, she took part in this book and we talk about uh, one of the unique things in it is that we have uh, QR codes throughout the book so that we can talk about our battles. And so you read it, but then you can also scan the QR codes and watch the videos. You know, me and my wife talk about our miscarriages. That that was a battle that we had to, four of them, four miscarriages. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, just some of my issues and my loss of my mom and eight family members in two years. Um, and so all of those things I had to fight through. And so it's the concept of fighting through, battling through, and understanding what it takes, you know, to get to the other side. And so we wanted to put this a project together because everybody's either in a battle on your way to a battle or you just got out of one. Those are the only options in life. And so we need to learn how to fight it. I love that you say that. I always um, use that kind of analogy when I think about like storms, same kind of concept as you're either like you're dripping wet because you're in it, you're drying off because you just got out of it or you need your umbrella because it's about to come. And it's the same way. And, and you guys have walked through that. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences and no two travelers are exactly alike and it means that no two trips should be either if you're a beach person well you can have fun under the sun with texas's 350 miles of coastline if you're more of a rugged vacation type there are campgrounds hiking trails and state parks galore and foodies cannot get enough of texas's world famous barbecue and tex-mex Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I didn't get a chance to look at the QR codes. And so I'm so excited that your wife is on there with you. That is really, really cool. And that was a really cool thing in the book that you kind of get to the end of the chapter and then you will scan the thing and up pops your face. I love it so much. Um, I love it. You know, you talk about how we have all these battles that we have to overcome. It makes me wonder this, Jonathan. You just listed out several things that you personally have had to walk through. Everyone that's listening, myself included, could list out all of our own personal things. Um, you mentioned miscarriage. I'm sure you've got job stuff in there. You talk about losing so many family members in a scan of two years. That is a battle that you and your family were walking through. But can you talk to me a little bit about what was happening before that? Maybe even like you didn't weren't even aware of, but we have we're getting prepared for these things. And so what did that look like for you personally? Um, that you didn't even know you're preparing for what God has ahead of you. But what are some things that we can do in our life right now to be preparing for what is unknown ahead? Yeah, it, it has to do with consistency. Okay. And so be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord and know that it will not go in vain. Your toil will not go in vain. In other words, it's not easy, but that consistency with community, that consistency um, in God's word, that consistency in your prayer life, that consistency with living a lifestyle of worship um, that is not dependent upon the sun or the rain um, or the clouds or the good days or the bad days. It's right. just who I am. And so building that consistency. I, I really didn't know that I was preparing for something. I really didn't know that when I was sitting at my dad's table, dad and mom's table when I was a kid, and we had dinner together every single night, Monday through Thursday, Friday, we may, we may have went out. My dad would always pull out God's word. My mom would always talk to us about different scenarios in their life that they had to overcome pertaining to the verse they decided to teach. And throughout our life, we didn't realize that that training was preparing us for these trials. And mm. And a lot of times people want to leave their training when they hit a trial, but it's your training that gets you through it. It's your training that prepares you for the opponent. And so it's a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of consistency in the good times, because you can't lay a foundation in a storm. You know, a lot of people mm, want to try to lay their good. foundation when the storm is already raging. No, your foundation has to be built before the storm gets there. And um, and if you have a strong foundation, the storm will have trouble knocking you down. And so, you know, I remember when we lost my cousin Winter, 
you know, people ask my dad, how can you be so steady right now during this time? And he said, it's not because I'm not grieving. It's not because I'm not hurting. It's just because I really believe in my training. I really mm-hmm. believe what I teach. I really believe God's word. And I really believe in the victory that we have in the midst of pain. And so um, that that consistency in building up, um, building up yourself uh, for what's to come is important. You know, I've often thought, and, and you use the example of winter passing, I've often thought like this Christian life and the training that you're talking to and the steadfastness and the preparing for what's ahead. I sometimes think if all that, if all this God stuff is not real, this is such a waste of my time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like (laughs) such a waste of my time. It's better to be real. Yeah. And so I always think like, man, this has to be so real to me that when what you've walked through in the last two years or when these things happen that you go, oh, I actually still believe these things to be true. And I think it's in those moments, Jonathan, you can correct me and even add to this. I think it's sometimes in those moments. And again, I'm not one who's like, God, bring all the like pain and suffering into my life. But I have seen in my own lifetime that it is in those moments that I go, oh, like you really are true. Like you really are here. Like everything I've ever read, it actually is true. Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you, you, that's the experience of God. The experience of God a lot of times comes um, in those low moments. And God never wastes anything. If you mm-hmm. notice, the things that you're most passionate about normally are connected to the things that you've gone through. Like the best areas that you're able to minister to somebody else has to do from your previous mi- misery. And my mm-hmm. mom always told me that your greatest ministry will always come right out of your greatest misery. And mm-hmm. so God, he doesn't waste anything. If it's not good yet, God's just not done yet. And so we've, we've got to understand that God takes us through those things. I remember uh, reading the story of Joseph and uh, he was in the pit and, and there was this little clause that said, and the pit was empty without any water in it. And I remember thinking, what, what in the world, why in the world would it not be good enough just for the writer to say he's in a pit, but tell us the nature of the pit? Well, they were letting you know that there was evidence in the pit of his future promise. In other words, he was experiencing a famine, but he would in the future be over what he experienced, a famine. Mm. And so he, he, at his lowest point, there was the bare minimum necessities were not available to him. There was no water. There was no food. He was at his lowest point. Well, when Egypt was at its lowest point, Pharaoh put him over the same thing that he experienced. And so a lot of times, if you open your eyes in the pit, you'll realize that there's evidences of where God is taking you because he uses the pit to prepare you for the promise. And so mm-hmm. that's why you can't wave the white flag. You know, that's why yeah. you can't give up because you won't see where he's taking you. It makes me think of the story you told at the end of your book about your uh, getting drafted and training camp and, and wanting to quit and wanting to give up. And will you tell that a little bit to the listener? Yeah. Because it took you from like, I hate this. I want to quit to where you are today. It's like, oh, God, you were moving the whole time. Yeah, it's it's exactly the way it happens uh, for most people. But it happened for me. You know, my dream was to play in the NFL and I wanted to run out of the tunnel, get all the lights, camera action, all that kind of stuff. And I got to the NFL and long story short, it was tough. I got hurt, carted off the field, traded, sent to a, you know Germany for developmental league in NFL Europe to come back, get cut again. I mean, I was on six teams in five years. I say I played in the <laughs> NFL, but sometimes I say the NFL played me. I mean, I'm all over the place. And so I'm frustrated. I'm experiencing all of these nuances of trying to make my dream come true. And um and I said, God, I'm, I'm out of here. I mean, why am I doing this? Why aren't you, you know, doing your job? You be Batman so I can be Robin, you know, set right. for me. 
And uh, it just didn't happen. But all throughout uh, that time, he was telling me, you know what, I want you to pray with players, lead players to Christ. I want you to start a devotion. I want you to start. I want you to do that. I said, God, I'll do that. But this is a business deal. I need you to do your part and let me run out of the tunnel. Um, but it, it never really happened the way that I had dreamed that it would. And then I remember going to seminary, which is where I was running from. I was using football to run from seminary. Mm. And I finally went to seminary. And about three or four months into seminary, I got a call by the Dallas Cowboys to come back. So I walk in the locker room and all the players are like, what's up? Because I, I started my career in Dallas. So mm. a lot of the players were still there. They was like, you know, they were like, where's your locker? Where's your locker? You're back. <laughs> I love it. And I was like, no, guys, I'm not I'm not playing. They were like, what are you here for? I said, they call me back to be the chaplain. And uh, and they looked like you're going to teach us the Bible. You know, <laughs> it was the funniest thing to go back. But I'm standing in the tunnel running out now for 11 years uh, in the NFL. And God was like, I already I, I, I always had a tunnel for you, but it was going to you were going to be running out my way, not your way. And mm-hmm. throughout that whole time of going through getting carted off the field, getting traded, getting cut, being at a low point, all of those things. He was preparing me to be able to minister to people who would get traded, get cut, feel devalued, get rejected. And there's nothing that they experienced that I didn't experience in that maturation process of five years Mm -hmm. going through the NFL. And just like the Bible says, we serve a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses because Jesus experienced what we go through. And so your greatest ministry will come through your experience. You know, people don't learn. You can learn something from someone who just has book knowledge. But you can learn a whole lot from someone who not only has the knowledge, but they've went through it themselves. Mm, you know, those are yeah. the best coaches. Those are the best teachers. Those are the best because they can sympathize. They have empathy, but they can also teach you how to get through it. And, and that's how God shakes it up. So I'm glad my dad didn't let me quit. You know, he's like, <laughs> you're going to stay in there. And you're going to finish strong because God was teaching me where he was taking me. I love it so much. You know, um, there's a part in this book where you talk about um, the night that you and your brother and sisters uh, were told that your mom had cancer Mm -hmm. and um, your mom has passed away December, 2019. And you tell a story about how your dad, who we haven't said, but is Dr. Tony Evans um, told you guys about your mom's uh, cancer. And your, your mom said, she said, right now we're in the season of over and over and over. And, I think that that is not an unknown season to a lot of people. Um, the specifics might be different for you guys. It was losing family members, literally, unfortunately, over and over and over again. But a lot of people are walking through what feels like this is never going to end. And this is a really cruel joke, God. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear from you. How did you guys keep moving forward in the season of over and over and over? Well, I think that there's something majorly major important uh, that I learned and that it was in this season, I better be a steward of these battles and not the owner. Mm. Because if I'm the owner, I'm going to sink. In other words, if I'm taking the burden and I'm trying to manipulate the outcomes to try to change my own circumstances, to try to make sure I do what's necessary within my power to change how things are turning out, I have to transfer that ownership to God. Mm. If I keep it, I'm going to get buried underneath it. I mean, most people are carrying a burden that's too big. You know, a lot of people say God will never put more on you than you can bear. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says God will (laughs) allow you to be tempted 
beyond what you can bear. And temptations or trials are totally different things. Paul says, I was, I was burdened beyond measure. Mm-hmm. And if you read the book of Job, you can't tell me that he didn't have more on him than he could bear. So, right. Um, the idea is, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. And so what? it's a picture of a big ox and a little ox. The big ox and the little ox are both plowing the field, but the big ox is carrying the burden. The big ox is teaching the little ox, this is how you plow this field. But while we plow this field together, you let me carry the burden. Uh, you, you, just, you just learn from me. And that's what we have to understand is that we have to learn how to realize that stewardship is not just money. Stewardship is not just family. Stewardship is not just uh, materialism. Stewardship is also your trials and tribulations. Mm. That uh, Second Chronicles says, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. In other words, God is saying, I will take your battle, your trials, your tribulations upon me so that your burden can be light. It won't go away, but it'll be light. And your yoke won't go away, but it will be easy because we're transferring the ownership. And the way you know you transfer the ownership is that you are no longer in control of manipulating the outcome. You mm-hmm. have let that go. And that your burden has become lighter because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I trust you. I'm praying. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a trade with you, God. I'm going to give you the burden. I'm going to give you the trial. I'm going to give you the wayward kid. I'm going to give you the marriage. I'm going I'm to give it to you. And I'm going to let you give me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. Um, and when you do that, uh, pray, make your request known and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts. When, when you get that and you're like, you know, God, I surrender to you because I am swallowed up. I am drowning underneath the problems that I have. And I'm just going to take it one step at a time. As you lead me, I go. But you're in control of how this turns out. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. It's like no longer that negotiating of like, if you give me this, then I'll give you that. It is this control. You saw your mom do that in her battle with cancer. Did you see her say, I, I'm just giving up control over this? Was that a help for you as the kids? Yes, because she was so, first of all, she challenged us. We were crying in the hotel room. <laughs> I want to give it all away, but we, we were just down. And uh, she was just like, are you guys finished yet? You know what I mean? She, she had already, she said, I don't know what it is, but I just have a piece. And mm. I'm going to do the process and I'm going to win either way. Mm. So she went to her chemo treatment. She went to her naturopathic doctor. Right. Um, She was just, you know, going out to eat and just enjoying herself, eating the right things. And she went to her um, 
uh, all of her therapies and her treatments and all of those kind of stuff. She rested. She she still made her 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 little as long as she had energy through those uh, that right. process. She was you know cooking things she wanted to cook and do. She just went through the process mm. and she said it's in the Lord's hands. And so she was the calmest one. So we're you know she just went through the process. And so we're like, how are you doing this? She said because victory is mine. And when you know mm. victory is yours. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. And I said, okay. And so when when my mom passed away, she was the leader in helping us understand what stewardship of a battle is mm. and how as one, we are, we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors, not try to go get it because then you'll drown yourself trying to go get some. I don't know if you've ever tried to look for your phone. I went, I looked for my phone once and I was searching all over the house and it rang in my back pocket. Right, right. <laughs> the most frustrating thing you can do is go look for something you already have. And mm-hmm. that's what people do in their battles is they're trying to go get something they already have because they feel like there's not victory when there is and mm-hmm. feelings can be uh, definitely deceiving. And so Misleading. she You talk in the book about how important it is, the people that you have with us in those battles. And I can't help but think about you and your family, but also just as we're going through life, all of us, we are are making choices to surround ourselves with people that we're, to use your metaphor, continually taking into our battles with us. So talk with us a little bit like, why does it matter who we're surrounding ourselves with when we're in the midst of these trials and tribulations and battles and hard times? Oh yeah, I mean, the Bible is all about that. I mean, as many of us know, you know, iron sharpens iron. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Um, bear one another's burdens, the Bible says in Galatians. I mean, th- the body of Christ is supposed to be just that. It's supposed to be a body that's knitted together. Um, and so to sit there by yourself in isolation, the enemies, I mean, it's like the blood in the water to a shark. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because now you just have uh, you, your emotions, what you're going through, your emotions connect to your brain. Your brain starts telling you what you should do and shouldn't do based on what you feel. You don't have anybody um, to encourage you. This is a team sport. Life is. Uh, this isn't tennis. This is this is 11 on 11. Um, and so we have to understand how important it is um, that we go just like Moses did. Moses knew better in Exodus 17 to go to the top of the hill and try to hold up the spiritual perspective without Aaron and her. Mm-hmm. It says that Moses' hands got heavy. In other words, holding up the spiritual perspective when you're in a nat- when you're in a battle um, is very difficult to do. When your marriage is failing and you're trying to be spiritual, that's very difficult to do. When you have a wayward kid and you're trying to be spiritual, when you're dealing with addiction, when you're dealing with uh, loss and grief, and you're angry at God and all of those different things, and you're trying to keep Christ's victory in mind, you're trying to keep um, uh, biblical truth in mind, holding that up by yourself, your arms get heavy. Mm. And the spiritual perspective is how you win the natural battles. And so you need those people to help hold you up because it says Aaron and her placed a rock under him to sit on. And so when you sit down, you want to sit down on the rock of God's word. You don't want to just sit down on human opinion. You don't want to sit down on uh, emotions. You don't want to sit down on following your heart. You want to sit down on the rock of God's word, because like you said, even if this is all for nothing, <laughs> which I, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not it can't it's be, not. it can't be because morality has already shown itself to be true. Truth is truth. 
Everybody teaches their kids, believe it or not, you better not do that or you're going to get hurt. There is there is a law of reality that that the Bible is consistent with, with with that. If you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, if you live or lifestyle of worship, live this way, continue, don't quit. All of those different motifs in the Bible. If you sit down on God's word, you realize that truth works itself out a certain type of way and a lie works itself out a certain type of way. And so you're you're more likely to lie to yourself by yourself than having an objective standard that's coming at you. Um, and it's a rock with people who are connected to God's word going the same direction that you need to go. And so it's important to note that. The, a book I read last year to, to share some more, and I've talked about it uh, a lot on this podcast called Prayer in the Night. And she has a part in the book where she talks about that there was a season in her life where she just needed literally people to sing songs for her. Like she she was like so distraught that she would go into church and she, she was just so heavy. And she's like, I needed my people on my right and my left to kind of be that person for me. And I always think about that, that community of how we get to be like Aaron and her, we get to stand beside people and hold them up right. and we get to encourage. And it's so, so, so very good. Um, you uh, talking here about this battle being something that we can't see, like it, it is something that is sometimes to the unseen and, and you quote your dad in here and you do say, this is, if this is a Tony Evans statement, what else is? And it is true. Uh, your dad says, if all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. And, um, I could like picture your dad at the table and your mom there and all you little kids sitting around and your dad saying something like that. And all the kids being like, what? Like what? What, Dad? <laughs> and then he like explains it, and you're like, I think I get it, but I trust my dad. Um, but I thought about that as I was reading it. I was like, man, it is so easy um, to go through our life and not acknowledge the unseen. I mean, I have four kids. You have five kids. We have jobs. There's college kids listening. You know, there's stay-at-home moms who are taking care of these kids. There's CEOs who are running companies who are listening, and they're all going wait, I can't pause long enough to take a breath. How can I pause long enough to think about, oh, there's more to this than what I see? Why? No, absolutely. Why is it important for us to take those moments and not even to take the moments to actually know and believe and trust that that is actually happening? Well, first of all, you know, Ephesians tells us that this battle is not against flesh and blood. So it lets you know where the battle really is. And if you believe that the battle is only flesh and blood, that's why you won't hand it to God, because handing it to God means that I believe that there is something going on beyond me that I need him in the spiritual realm to handle that will manifest itself in a natural way. Because otherwise you, I could just take care of it. In other words, you can just do it yourself. In other words, you wouldn't have anything that was too big for you to do. Right. It would just be within the realm of your ability to handle it. The reason why it's above you is because it's much higher than you think. And one of the things we talked about in this book is that, you know, Joshua had had all of these victories. And this is what happens. You know, he became the new leader. You know, Rahab hid the spies. You know, they get, uh, you know, they have the stones of remembrance. Things are going well. They defeat Jericho. Like first six chapters of J Joshua, they're just living the high life. Right. So Joshua decided to go fight AI without talking to God. So he just decided to just, this is just how we do things. So he just mm -hmm. ran into the next battle. And even though AI was small, it was located in a higher terrain. He didn't calculate that this battle was a little bit higher than I thought. So while they were smaller, they were higher and they got beat. And so he had to go back to God and get a new game plan. The reason why I mentioned that is 
because a lot of times we look at the natural and we don't realize, wait, this battle is a little bit higher than I think. Even if it's something small going on in my marriage or something small going on with my kids or something small, and I think I can go handle it by myself, a lot of times small things can become big battles. (laughs) It starts small, but then it rolls over and becomes something bigger, really because the battle was a lot higher than we thought. Mm -hmm. Um, It was located in a different dimension. And so it's important for us to recognize that there's a there's a spiritual war going on and and people are being used um, either for victory or for defeat, depending on whose side you're on. And you will not hand things to God. You don't think that he's um, that he's has rule over. Mm. And so I think that it's important for us to realize it's higher than we think. My wife does this all the time. So let's say I get frustrated about something. We have uh, we have some disunity in our conversation. You know, she's always like, but remember, we're a team and the enemy would love nothing more than to cause disunity in the home. Once she throws that at me, it it shoom, everything shifts to this natural thing that I'm dealing with and talking about that I have all my focus on to. Oh, no, I'm not going to let the enemy use that natural thing as the tool to mess up God's uh, foundation for what everything flows out of, which is the family. So it becomes this bigger picture. Where I'm, not, where I'm handling this natural thing differently because now I'm thinking in terms of the supernatural, not just trying to use my own hands in the natural. It'll change the way you operate. It does change. And, and you said something that, although obviously I, I know this and would you know say this in a different way as well, but you said that things that we think we can control, we can tell by what we're not giving over to God. And I think about that as a mom with four kids, they're all teenagers. And oftentimes, I don't know how you and your wife are, oftentimes you can get so caught up in their mess, drama stuff, teenage emotions, and think, I just need to take care of this. I can fix this. I'm a 44-year-old woman. I know how to fix this problem. Instead of saying, God, this is bigger than like, like this is this is something bigger than what I can, and I'm giving my kids to you. I think I can see that right. in my life is where I can say like, oh, I want to have a really tight grip on my kids. That's right. And like and have this tight grip, like I can take care of it, and that's it doesn't actually one. it doesn't actually work out that way. <laughs> that's a big one. Me and my wife talk about that all the time, and because uh, there's a lot of things. Whenever you go tit for tat with your kids, whenever they're they're getting under your skin, you know, you know, it's you would rather just. Take your brain out, put it in their head. Good, you're done. <laughs> right. uh, but you can't do that. I said, there's a couple of things happening there. Number one, you're losing your authority because if you're the authority, you don't have to go tit for tat for any, you know, with anybody. Once you start doing that, then you're passing your authority off uh, to them mm-hmm. as the authority. This is what we're going to do. I understand you don't like it, but that's where we're going. And, and when you have that authority, you don't you don't pass that off uh, to your kid. But I said the other thing is that you're losing is whose kids are they? Yeah, they're, they're, they're your kids, but really God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Let us make man in our image. So the goal of having children was for God to have lookalikes. It was never for you to have lookalikes. Mm-hmm. They were just nice enough to let them look like you. And so it's really for them to replicate and, and manifest the kingdom of God. And so what we're doing is we are stewarding that. We are not owning that. See? That's and good. so it, it, it doesn't alleviate us a responsibility. Our responsibility is to steward what God gives us, whether it's kids, whether it's money, whether it's battles, whether it's family, whatever it is, my career, I'm stewarding this because it all belongs to God. The master gave talents to his slaves. We are the slaves 
And he went on a journey. He's going to return and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? And everything you have, I gave it to you, including your kids. Mm -hmm. So it has changed our even mindset there to say, you know what? The way to hold on to my kids in a spiritual way is to let go and tell them, I mean, and tell God, hey, these are your kids. I'm stewarding them the best I can. I love them. But ultimately, I need you to do it. I need you to do it because, you know, if anybody, if there's anybody the kids don't want to listen to, it's their parents. <laughs> right. I have to like give them to somebody else and they'll listen, they'll <laughs> yeah. listen at home. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a much less um, spiritual way that we talk about that in our house, Jonathan. Is my, Aaron will be like, listen, Jamie, they're on a train we don't want to be on. Do not get on that train. Sure, so, exactly. <laughs> we always like look at each other and be like, I ain't getting on. Nope. I am not getting on that train today. I'm not getting on that I'm train. I'm not getting on that train. Um, Lastly, I was um, when I was reading your book, you tell you talk about Peter and anyone that's grown up in the church knows stories of Peter. And one of the most well-known stories of Peter is how Peter walked on water mm -hmm. and um, him and a couple more disciples were out in a storm. And Jesus, um, their friend, their Messiah, their teacher starts walking towards them. And what we know is that they say, is that you, Jesus? And Peter's like, if it is, call me out. And Jesus says, come. And Peter steps out. And a lot of times we hear that story taught as in like, Peter lost the faith. Look at him. He, he took his eyes off Jesus, which is true. He took his eyes off Jesus. Then he began to see. But in your book, you talk about Peter took that step out of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and I think obviously that's so obvious. Peter had to take the step off of the boat in the middle of a storm. It's not like it's just like a chill lake, you know, like outside of Dallas. And, um, and I was very, very kind of paused in that moment of think, man, so many times I look at that and I think, okay, Peter walked on water, but took his eyes off Jesus, started to sink. Instead of Peter took the step out of that boat. And I just love so much the way you focus on the faith that, and, and it was in the chapter that you call safe to faith. That's and I right. think that was um, something that also we've talked a lot of, on this just now about like fighting our battles and, you know, everything God uses everything. But I think there's a lot of people who are in our churches that are kind of just living this safe little life. And yeah. they would say, and I would imagine, I, I don't want to assume anything. I would imagine you see a lot of this in the NFL is that they would say like, I believe in God. Like I grew up in a Christian home. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. I know Jesus died, but that's where it ends right there. And so talk to us a little bit about the importance of really taking that step out of the boat and what that means for us. Well, that means an experience of God that you don't get in it. The, the, the bottom line is, is that everybody else stayed in that boat. So no one else got the experience of walking on top of the circumstance they were just afraid of. Mm. Everybody else stayed in that boat. So no one else got to, to no one else got to do what the what was impossible except for Peter. Everybody else stayed in that boat. So no one got to realize the truth like Peter because they mm -hmm. said, they said they thought it was a ghost. Mm -hmm. So Peter said, if it is you, meaning he was unsure that it was Jesus. In other words, he put the truth to the test to say, you know what? If the Bible is true, if, if this is if this is what it is, then let me let me see. And the only way you see is doing what it says. Jesus said, come. He used that one word, which is the crux of the Christian faith. 
that you have to come to Christ, that you, you give your life to Christ, that if you don't come, there is no experience from salvation to sanctification to experiencing God's power in your life. And a lot of Christians don't experience the power of God, even though they know God, because they would rather be, be safe than use faith. And it's impossible to please mm-hmm. the Lord without faith. So Peter walked on water. Humans can't do that. Um, Peter got to experience the power of the truth. He got to realize, oh, this is true. Like I thought it was a ghost. Because in my storm, the truth can look like a distortion. People don't want to hear the truth in the storm. They just want to feel better. So the truth can look like a distorted reality, which is what ghost means. It means a distortion. So they thought they were looking at a distortion, but it was actually the truth. But Peter got to know that it was the truth because he took a step. Mm. See, without the step, then you don't get to know. You, you, you can just sit in your distorted reality. And the, the clarity comes with the step. The clarity doesn't come without the step. And so if you want to get over, um, you know, you want to be able to conquer your addiction, you want to be able to conquer these things that seem impossible to you, get over this grief, move to the next level, go to whatever it is, season five, you don't in the safe place, you do in the faith place. Yeah. Mm. It's all about taking that step to be able to do something you didn't think was possible that you can only do when you connect to Jesus Christ. And don't think that just because you step out, the storm stops. Peter was walking on a storm. Jesus didn't calm the storm uh, until he got into the boat. Peter was walking on a storm. So it may still be stormy, but again, you'll feel a a less burden. Your yoke will be easier. You'll still be in a storm, but you'll realize, oh, this is true. And I can walk through this. You just want to keep your eyes on Jesus, uh, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him walked through the storm himself and despised the shame and was seated at the right hand of the father. Well, if everybody right now is just screaming amen in their car and saying, Jesus, get me out of the boat. I'm ready to walk on the water. Then I, then people are asleep when they're listening. Jonathan, I could listen to you all day long. And I, um, I can tell, I hope you take this as a compliment. I can tell that you are your father's son. And, uh, (laughs) and, um, I'm super just excited about the ministry that you and your wife are doing and everything you got going on. I would love to hear from you what you are reading these days. Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know, we want to know what you're reading. Yeah, so one of the books that I'm reading is Epic of Eden. Uh, it's a great book. It's t- it takes you, it helps you organize your closet for the Old Testament. Um, so once you understand the Old Testament, man, it puts the Bible in, in great perspective. And so I'm, I'm reading that. And then I'm about to start a book um, called, I Do Not Have the Faith to Be an Atheist. Oh, that's uh, an intriguing title right there. It is. So I'm about to start that. One of my friends told me about it. He said he cannot put it down. And so I just picked that up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. So I love that so much. Um, okay. I have one more question for you, and it is about your job as a chaplain. Are you okay with that? Yep. Let's go. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Kirsten Watson was on, and I had never met her before, and we just kind of jived. And so I was like, I think she's going to let me ask her some questions. So I asked her all these football questions because I'm a lover of football, and she she gave me the answers. Here's my question for you. I think a lot of people, myself included, would be like, what does a chaplain do for an NFL football team? So you, people would think, oh, you must just say the prayers before the game. I know that's not true. But tell us, what does a chaplain do for an NFL football team? Well, you know what? It's basically like a pastor of a church before a team. And so we have our church service on Saturday nights. Uh, we typically have Bible studies with the coaches, Bible studies with the prayers for just discipleship purposes. I normally will go around the locker room and give um, every locker a book that my dad has written or I have written. 
Um, and then we also uh, do prayers in the locker rooms after the game on the 50 yard line, personal prayers. When I used to travel with the team, COVID kind of took that out with the last couple of years. But for the first eight years, I traveled with the team. They gave me my own hotel room so that players can come in and get personal counseling if they wanted uh, spiritual guidance. And in the off season, I had the the privilege of marrying several of them. When they're ready to get married, they call uh-huh. me. And so I'm doing their weddings and all of those different things. Unfortunately, I even had to do a memorial service for a player who passed away. Uh, so anytime those things are happening, uh, they're coming to the, the chaplain uh, for, for understanding guidance. Players call me when they have someone pass away in their family. I've gotten a lot of tears on the phone and try to get guidance in those areas. We've had a coach pass away and they Head coach leaned on me for that. So, mm. so all of those from from weddings to bereavement to uh, chapel services, church services, uh, outlining speakers for away games, uh, all of those things uh, the pa- the pastor does. The, the chapel. I've does. never heard it described like that, and that makes a lot of sense now. Pastor for this, you know, for this team, and a lot of you know people that are faithful believers who are in the NFL, like you, that cuts out a whole semester of church going for you, you know, and so it's really. Right. I mean, you can't show up on a Sunday morning. You got a game at noon or seven or something. Um, unless they played on Thursday, then could they go to church on Sunday? Uh, possibly, but there it depends on their schedule because if they play on Thursday, then that means Friday and Saturday are kind of recovery days, watch film, and then they may start practicing again on Sunday because it just depends the on what the world. Game. So, it's a whole world that none of us little people that sit behind our, on our couches and watch understand. Oh, it's a whole world. We we get to enjoy Sunday, but they're grinding. For they are grinding. days prior to that. Jonathan, um, it's been a joy to uh, have you on the happy hour. I'm super glad. And you guys, uh, Jonathan's book, Fighting Your Battles, Every Christian's Playbook for Victory, uh, came out yesterday. And so go grab your copy of that. Um, this, If you love this conversation, which I know that you did, um, you'll love that book as well. Jonathan, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thank you for having me. It's great. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. The show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.